Hello everyone, my guest today is David Coham. He's the co-founder and co-CEO of Techstars, a worldwide network that helps entrepreneurs succeed by connecting them with other entrepreneurs, experts, mentors, alumni, investors, community leaders, and corporate partners who will help their companies grow. He was also the founder and CTO of iCentric at the very start of his entrepreneurial journey. So David, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit more about you, your story, and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, so I'm essentially a lifetime entrepreneur. Um, I, I, my father was an entrepreneur. He had an accounting firm, and I grew up in that environment and um, you know, really enjoyed programming when I was young, learning how to do that on the old Apple IIe computers and things like that. And then Went to school, studied computer science, and just you know began starting companies. So you know, TechStars is, is my fourth company, and so far so good. But the previous three have been uh, two successes and one failure. So you learn a lot from all of that. That's cool. So did you go the normal route, like high school, college, and started your first company back then after college, or how how did it develop? Yeah, pretty typical. Um, went to university to study computer science, um, and then when I you know, got done there, I went and got the first job and it turns out the only job I would ever have as an employee. You know, I've had one job interview in my life uh, and I'm one and out. I'm perfect on that front. Uh, so, you know, I, I got a job um, programming in um, an environment called Paradox, which was a Borland product. I actually learned a little bit about it the night before by reading a book in a bookstore, you know, got through the interview, got the job. And then, you know, eventually left that company to start my first uh, startup uh, with a co-founder that I met there. What was the first startup about? Uh, it was a public safety dispatch software company. So if you think about, you know, when someone has an emergency and they, they need an ambulance, uh, they would call and our, our system would find the most appropriate and you know, closest vehicles and manage the response. Uh, so, you know, I think that system today has dispatched tens of millions of ambulances, uh, mostly in the U.S., but around the world. Interesting. And from there, uh, how, tell a little bit more about the story after that. What was your failure? Sure. Yeah. So, so after we built that public safety software company up, uh, we were you know, fortunate to sell it to a, a public company uh, called Zoll Medical at the time. And had how much could you sell it? Uh, it wasn't published, but it, you know, I would say the best thing about it was that we owned basically 100% of it, right? We didn't have venture investors, so as founders, we owned a big chunk. And then after that, you know, we give us a rough out. direction, just a rough direction. Um, yeah, I would say the the company was uh, doing somewhere around 10 or 15 million in revenue, so it wasn't you know a unicorn. Or anything like that. Yeah, uh, but it was you know it was nice when you owned half of it, sort of thing. So. You know, after, after that, um, started dabbling in angel investing, but started a, a few more companies. One was a, a mobile social networking product, not unlike Foursquare, if anyone knows that product, uh, but a little bit before its time. And that was the failure that I wrote about on, on my blog, um, you know, Life in the Deadpool. I wrote about, you know, why that company failed, which was basically because we didn't really have distribution mechanisms back then for mobile apps. There were no app stores you had to do a deal with the mobile carrier to, you know, to be on the phone. So it was very difficult at that time. Um, yeah. Then did another startup in the music space, uh, sold that one. And then, you know, really what company was that? Uh, that was called um, ear feeder and sold that to a company in the Bay area. 
Uh, and then uh, the, the failure was the mobile social networking company was called Eye Contact, which I ended up selling that domain name to a guy who built the company up that he started called Eye Contact and sold it for I think $400 <laughs> million. So that was an early lesson in wanting to get equity instead of cash for assets like that. So that's quite a, quite a journey to Techstars. Interesting. So, so now your focus is 100% Techstars? Yeah, we're um, about 13 years into Techstars now. And, uh, you know, my role today is really managing the capital around the system. So we work with our institutional investors. Um, I focus on uh, our capital strategy along with our investment team and end up sitting on, you know, boards of some of our larger investments. You know, example would be a company like SendGrid that, you know, was the first company from any accelerator to go public. I was on that board from, you know, accelerator to public. So I, I do that sort of work. And then, um, you know, also I'm on the board of Techstars. So I'm involved in strategy here as well. Understood. And so just to, to understand the business model, what does the company do and how do you make money? Sure. So Techstars fundamentally is an investor. Um, we are, if not the, one of the largest um, early stage investors in the world in terms of velocity. So uh, we fund about 500 companies each year uh, in the world. We, we obviously, you know, we love operating in places like Berlin and, and Munich, but also operate, you know, throughout the U.S. Uh, and much of Europe, as well as places like Australia and India. So, you know, very global. The business model is that we run accelerators, which invest in early stage tech companies, 10 companies at a time in each location. Um, so there are 50 or so accelerators a year that run around the world. We fund 10 in each location and we support them with mentorship for three months. We have a global mentor community of about 10,000 mentors. And we've used this model to fund over 2,000 companies now that have created you know, 20, 20 billion plus in market cap. And then we have venture capital around the system. So we, we invest at the accelerator, but also we can co-invest along the way as those companies grow. Interesting. What were some of your best investments or Techstars best investments? Some, can you name some companies? Well, it's always hard to pick your favorites, you know, but some that people may have heard of, um, you know, we were fortunate to be, um, you know, first round investors in companies like Uber, uh, where, you know, we were in that company sort of in the angel round uh, through our venture fund. Uh, obviously that was a crazy story still is um, <laughs> yeah amazing companies like Twilio uh, we also invested in very early on uh, which is an infrastructure uh, company to help manage telephone calls and text messages and, and messaging on the internet uh, and then SendGrid which is the one I mentioned earlier that um, was the first ever accelerator company to go public was later bought by Twilio after it went public so that was an interesting intersection for me too but You know, there are great companies in the portfolio, DigitalOcean, ClassPass, and many, many more. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, very cool. So, so, David, what were some of your top resources along the way, or especially in the beginning, founding your, your first company? Well, you know, it's, I always talk about the best um, resources as really being people and, and mentors. You know, I'm such a huge believer in the idea of mentorship. You know, not that not that mentors are somehow on a pedestal and are godlike, right? But rather that if you can surround yourself with people that have experienced a particular topic or have really learned a lot in a particular area, that can really help. So, you know, I have many personal mentors in my life, um, people like Brad Feld, who's my co-founder at Techstars, 
um, you know, Jason Mendelson, uh, Wendy Lee, these, these people have had huge impact on how I think about investing in the world. Uh, and of course my own father, right. This is my first sort of view of entrepreneurship. So I'm, I'm just a big fan of surrounding yourself with amazing people. And in my first company, I didn't do enough of that. And I have a quick story there, which is that when we sold that first company, the CEO of the company that bought us about four years later, he said to us, you know, I would have paid twice as much. <laughs> and we immediately joked that we would have taken half as much, but we, we were just, you know, making that up. And, you know, what I, what I learned later on is that if I just would have had an advisor, I could have negotiated that deal better and had a, you know, probably a better outcome um, just by really having better mentors around me. And today at Techstars, we see that a lot where, you know, will help or a mentor will help a company achieve, you know, two or three times more on the exit. And so it's a, it's an easy way to understand the value of mentorship. Understood. Okay. That's very cool. Um, what do you think is your core skill, David, that has helped you to navigate your past companies, but also tech stars to where it is today? Well, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm necessarily an exceptional technologist or coder or anything like that. Um, but I think it's actually just, you know, really caring about what you're doing. Um, I, I just believe that if you're truly obsessed with the solution, you know, that you're trying to achieve the vision of the future, you know, when I, when I started that first company, I was thinking about how can we get the ambulance to someone, you know, faster, right. And really help them. And that's very motivating. So I, I think you have to have this sort of internal or intrinsic motivation And with Techstars, I, I, I sort of think about it the same way. I, I truly love helping entrepreneurs succeed. Uh, it's a joy for me. And you know, I think that that is, is maybe something that sometimes sets me apart from others is I really care about uh, the, the problem or the people that I'm working with very deeply. And that motivates me and drives me to, to do more. Understood. Um, and do you, do you apply any core principles to your business or also to, to the companies that you've founded in the past? Yeah. Um, you know, Techstars itself sort of has these core you know, values and they, they come from both myself and my co-founders sort of history. Um, and I've worked with one of my co-founders for 30 years now across, you know, three or four different businesses. So, um, you know, I, I, Don't don't want to cut you off, but I don't actually mean like like company values, but like actual business principles that you apply when you start something new. Yeah, I see. Yeah, so I think that it depends what uh, I'm starting, but as I think about it uh, in general in my life, the thing that's always really worked for me is just not being transactional. You know, just being willing to work with somebody and and kind of be helpful to them without thinking about it as a transaction. And yeah. You know, at Techstars, we call it give first, right? It's sort of what we're known for. But, you know, I, I can't tell you the number of situations I've had where I've, I've just helped somebody for no reason. And that later has come back to reward me in some unexpected way. So I, I try to live my whole life that way. And I think the business the same way. Understood. Okay, very cool. Um, so you have seen kind of like the startup investment scene now for quite some time. Um, where do you see that industry going in the next five years and in the next 30 years? Do you think it will stay the same? Well, we know that it won't stay the same, right? I mean, that's why we love this industry, right? It's uh, innovation is, is happening all the time. But, you know, look, on a five-year time frame, we may not feel uh, too much difference. Obviously, 
you know, as, as hopefully the world emerges from, you know, the pandemic and, and, you know, lots of challenges right now, the world will be different. Uh, I think startups will be built more virtually. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not hard for me to work with somebody in, in, you know, Berlin, uh, if I'm in you know, Colorado, I can do that now. The tools and technologies are here and I can hire the best people in the world and find the best mentors in the world. So I think companies will definitely be built much more virtually when you think about, you know, WordPress or companies like that, that historically have been built without even having an office. It can be done. And, and Techstars is an example of a fully distributed company. You know, we're 300 people all around the world, right? We have employees in 40 countries or something like that. So, you know, we've grown up that way, but I think more and more companies will start that way. On a 30-year horizon, um, I think it'll look very different. I, I think I would expect to see, you know, pretty major disruptions in the way that venture capital itself works. Um, it's, it's a highly inefficient business. Uh, there are a lot of gatekeepers. Uh, you know, it's, it's for people that want to deploy money into that asset class. In, in general, um, venture capital performs worse than, you know, typical market indexes like the S&P 500. Uh, you have to really change the way that, that that money gets distributed from investors to startups systemically around the world. And I think that's going to happen. I think that uh, like most industries, the gatekeepers go away and uh, it becomes more efficient and open and successful as an industry. Okay, understood. Um, one thing I'm, I'm really interested in is how do you as an investor in that case um, which, which role does personal branding play for you in the companies that you invest in or in the people that you invest in? Yeah, well, it, I think this is one of the things about venture capital that um, I, I don't personally love. You know, it, it, the, the better you are at waving your arms around and, you know, claiming that personal brand um, and, and sort of being controversial, the more startups that, that, you know, are attracted to you for whatever reason. Um, and as more and more data gets out there about who's actually been successful as an investor versus just loud, uh, I think, you know, the world is learning that uh, it's not all just about that personal brand, but you, you see it in startups too, right? Um, companies like, like we work that have, you know, very uh, interesting founder that creates <laughs> a lot of hype, right? And, you know, it doesn't always end up um, in the best place. So, you know, every day you read a story or every week about a company raising a billion dollars, you know, with nothing but an idea that's personal brand and what it'll do for you. But I'm not sure it's healthy. So, you know, in general, so I think it's, does it affect your investment decisions? Um, I try not to let it do that. And of course we invest at such early stages that often people don't really have these huge personal brands at that point. Um, but you know, I think you, you're human and you can't help but let, you know, notoriety affect you, right? It, it, it is something that uh, does sort of, you know, call you in and, and get you, you know, to maybe take a look at something. But ultimately, you know, I think substance over, you know, over that sort of form is the right move as an investor. Okay, understood. Yeah, very interesting point of view. Um, okay, David, let's wrap up here with a fantastic four question. Number one, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Uh, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in Jeff Lawson. Um, you know, I, I was an angel uh, through our fund in, in Twilio, and I've watched him, you know, go from a geeky uh, tech guy to building a giant company that's growing like crazy, and I'm just amazed by it. So I love studying Jeff. Understood. Very cool. Okay, next question. Do you have any routines that you strictly follow on a day-to-day -day basis? 
Um, I like variety. I, I don't have, uh, I really just have one, which is I try to bring coffee to my wife uh, every morning uh, in bed. Uh, it's something I like to do for her. And that's, that's really my one routine. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, what's your favorite social media platform for business and what do you specifically use it for? You know, it's, it's more become LinkedIn. I, I um, for a long time, didn't really get a lot of value out of LinkedIn, but I, I find that um, live video engagement on there um, and just, you know, distributing content and getting engagement, it it's, uh, seems to be beating Twitter and other platforms these days. Okay, last question, David. What do you wish you knew when you were 20 years old? Uh, the power of, of uh, equity investing and diversification. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I uh, didn't really understand how scalable some of these things really are. And, and when you take a lot of shots on goal, you end up getting lucky once in a while. I wish I knew that earlier. Awesome. Thank you so much for your insights, David. Thomas, yeah, no, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on.